but I want to look at Jonah chapter number 1 and look with me in verse number 15. Verse number 15. This is what the Bible said, and uh, if you're there, say amen. Amen. The Bible said, So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. If I could this morning, I want to preach on this thought. Will you throw Jonah off the boat? Will you throw Jonah off the boat? Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity it is, Lord, to be here one more time. God, I thank you and praise you, Lord, for your spirit that we've already felt. God, thank you, Lord, for a place to call home where you show up. I pray this morning, God, that you touch me and use me. I pray, God, for unction and power, Lord, Holy Ghost power. God, if you don't do it, Lord, it can't get done. Lord, I, I need you. God, we need you, Lord, in these days. The church needs you. So, Lord, if you help me for a little while today, I, Lord, I sure would, uh, Lord, thank you and praise you for all that you do in me and through me and for me. God, preach to thy people from thy word and for what you do in this service at this time. We'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name and all of God's people said. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. By way of introduction, may I say it is here in the book of Jonah uh, where we're reading from one of the 12 minor prophets in the Old Testament. If you know anything about your Bible, you understand there are four major prophets in the Old Testament. And then there are the minor prophets, Jonah Uh, being one of them. May I say this morning that none are more important than the rest. Uh, uh, But what separates the minor prophets uh, from the major prophets is the amount that the prophet would write. Uh, The major prophets consist of more in their their books than the minors. And and so here you find a short short book, the book of Jonah. And it is here this morning uh, that I want to remind you what the Word of God said. The Bible said in verse 15, so they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea and the sea ceased from her raging. I was reminded when I was asked the question what the Bible said in 2 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse number 16. The Bible said that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I'm going to say that again. Give me your eyes, your ears, and your heart. The Bible said in 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verse number 16, all scripture. What does all mean? It means all. All scripture. That means everything. What we just read is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. When when I begin to look at this, that's exactly what the Holy Ghost brought to my heart. Uh, that all scripture 
Scripture is given by inspiration of God. So is there a reason that Jonah had to be thrown off the boat? I began to study and I began to pray and I said, the Lord, you said all Scripture's given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine and for reproof and correction and for instruction in righteousness. And I asked God, Lord, show me why Jonah had to be thrown off the Why was there no other way? There must not have been. Uh, could he have jumped? Yes. But this story would not be what it was had Jonah not been thrown off the ship. I'll explain. But it is here that God tells Jonah. Uh, I'm going I'm to give you a brief uh, background. Uh, God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh. He said there are wicked people and they need a man of God. So Jonah, go down to Nineveh and preach the gospel unto them. You know the story. Uh, what does Jonah do in verse number 3? Jonah gets up and the Bible said uh, to flee unto Tarshish from, notice this now, all Scripture, follow me now, uh, to flee from the presence of the Lord. The Bible said this, so he went down to Tarsus to flee from the presence of the Lord, and he went then down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarsus, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. May I say this morning, it always pays to stay with God and it always costs to, uh, to disobey Him. Would you say amen right there? It always pays to... I need somebody to help me. It always pays uh, to stay with God, but it always costs you to go against Him. You know the story. Jonah disobeys God. Uh, the Bible said in verse 3, he catches a boat ride and he's headed to Tarshish and then he goes down to Joppa. Then he goes down into the ship over and over and over. Uh, may I say uh, that, that here he is. Uh, Jonah finds himself paying the fare uh, thereof. He finds himself a seat on the ship uh, in his very best attempt to get away from God. Uh, but how many of y'all would agree with me and give me an amen right here uh, that no matter how fast you run or no matter how hard you hide or no matter how far you travel you cannot get away from God. May I remind you the Bible says in Proverbs chapter number 15 and verse number 3 the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. Jeremiah 23, 24 said can any hide himself in the secret places that I shall not see him saith the Lord he said do not I feel heaven and earth saith the Lord may I say despite his best attempts Jonah is still found while fleeing by the way this morning if you've ever been saved by the blood of Calvary and your name is written in heaven and you've been claimed clean and converted by God's amazing grace I just want to remind you that no matter how hard you try to get away from God uh, you can't make it happen friend uh, for God 
sees with an all-seeing eye. And God hears with an all-hearing ear. And God knows with an all-knowing mind. And while this brings great conviction to the carnal Christian, it ought to bring great rejoicing to the spiritual one. I'm glad my God is bigger than my best efforts. I'm glad God's bigger than my biggest failures. I'm glad God's bigger than my broken decision. My friend, it's good to know that we're serving a God who can outdo, undo, and redo all the things that we do within ourselves. That's the God of the Bible and that's the God of Jonah. Jonah found a ride out of town and God outdid Jonah with a storm. Jonah rebelled, got through over where he got ate by a well, but God undid it when the well vomited him up three days later. May I say this morning that Jonah was wasting in the, in the belly of that well for three days worth of time, but God redid it. I said God can outdo it. God can redo it. Amen. And God can undo it. Is there anybody here going to help me today? Ain't you glad when you stepped away and you found you a boat ride somewhere down yonder in the Joppa and in the Tarsus and you wasted time and you wasted energy and you disobeyed God. Not only did God outdo Jonah and not only did God undo Jonah, but thank God he redid the work in Jonah's life. I'm glad for Jonah chapter 1. I'm glad for Jonah chapter 2. But my friend Jonah chapter number 3 verse number 1 and 2 the word of God said and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time saying arise go to Nineveh that great city and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. I just want to say thank God after three days of rebellion and three days of wasted time and three days of disobedience and three days of arrogance and three days of spitefulness and three days of unfaithfulness and three days of of pure pride that God looked down on a Jonah and he said alright I'll give you your time this old world's mentality is on. it's all about me I need me time but I need somebody to hear me this morning we need to quit focusing on me time and start focusing on his time and his call and his, hey, glory to God, there's still a God in glory that's wanting to do something in this generation. As long as there's a remnant, there's a reason. Are you listening? As long as God keeps a remnant here, there's a reason. There's work to be done. There's sinners that are lost. There's particles need to come home. There's marriages need restored. There's churches need revived. There's saints that need exhorted and sinners that need evangelized. My God, I'm glad in my life at the age of 18 that the word of the Lord came unto me the second time saying, Arise this morning. I'm glad I got a fresh start. I to go on for the glory of God. Thank the Lord this morning. Ain't you glad he's a God of second chances? I could preach on this all day long. There's so much that could be said about Jonah. Four chapters worth to tell his story. But today I want to shift our focus off of Jonah. Just for a moment. I want to look, I want, I want us to take a look off of Jonah 
and known to some other folks who were directly affected by Jonah's actions. Today I want to look at the mariners. The mariners. I'm probably going to mess up and say mariners. I've caught myself saying that, thinking it all week, and it's technically the term is mariners. But I'm a redneck, like Rock Raw Junk. And when I think of boats and waters and ship, I think marine and mariners sounds a lot easier to me than mariners. Mariners is what you dip your breadsticks in. Somebody say amen. Pass the mariner sauce. That's, that's what that is. But it is worth noting today that these men who were living their lives, these mariners, all right, these sailors, I'm going to call them everything but what they're supposed to be, these fishermen, these whatever they are, these men, guess what? They're minding their own blessed business. Would you agree? I mean, they woke up their days been as always. I mean, they ate breakfast, kissed a wife, and said, we'll be back in a little while. These mariners, they, they just started their day as usual. They're out enjoying themselves by sailing on God's beautiful sea. Uh, from the. Uh, but may I say it is on this day uh, where a preacher that's running from God gets on their boat, and guess what? He interrupts their entire world. Uh, may I say they go from the sweet by and by uh, to the nasty now and now. Uh, may I say uh, the Bible lets you know in verse number 4 read it with me verse number 4 the Bible said but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken then the mariners were afraid uh, and cried every man unto his God uh, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship in the sea to lighten it of them uh, but Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. Now as familiar as this story is when I begin to think about the question and I begin to ask God for an answer he took me to the mariners. I'm going to struggle with that one. He took me to the mariners praise. That's what I want to say. I want to say he took me to the mariners. Amen. I begin to look and God said right here's your answer. Take your focus off of Jonah and put it on the mariners. Amen. And so I begin to look and I begin begin to ponder and I begin to read and here's what I found out my friend in verse number 4 the storm hits without any warning and this was no little rain shower but it was so strong the Bible said that the ship was like to be broken you're talking about a storm friend one that'll break a ship but then in verse number 5 we see that these mariners are scared out of their minds to the point that they start Start throwing everything they own overboard to try to keep the ship from sinking. And while they're dealing with all, all this mess and this storm, the very one that caused it is down in the side of the ship, fast asleep, taking a nap, no regard, no remorse. Ain't that how it happens sometimes? May I say that's exactly how it happens sometimes. My friend, hear me now. When you have something in the boat that don't belong there, you'd better know, you'd better know that you're in danger of the wrath of God. These men were facing the worst storm of their lives and it was simply because Jonah was in the boat. My friend, God didn't send this storm because he wanted these mariners to have a bad day. God didn't send the storm because he wanted these men to 
uh, to see the magnitude of his wrath. Uh, God didn't send the storm, uh, but God, uh, for any other reason than Jonah was in the boat with him. May I say the problem is Jonah's presence and the solution is Jonah's absence. As long as Jonah's in the boat, uh, the storm would continue to rage. But just as quick as Jonah's thrown out, the storm will cease. There was nothing else that could be done. There was nothing else that could take away the storm. So in dealing with this story, that question was asked, why did not Jonah jump out of the boat? Why did he have to be thrown? But my friend, when I began to read, and the Lord, the Holy Ghost, directed me to the blessed fire mariners, I found my answer. May I say it is here in our text where God puts this responsibility on the mariners for our learning. I don't necessarily even know it was so much for them as it was for us. For a practical application so you and I can learn and grow and glean today. Note again, Jonah has rebelled. Jonah's disobeyed God. Jonah's tried to flee from the very thing that he should have been embracing. That's the presence of the Lord. I mean, that's what we long for, Brother Shelby. I mean, that's what we pray for when we come, Lord, show up. God, show up and do something. And here Jonah is. He's in the presence of the Lord. And he catches the first boat ride he can find out of town. Not to escape his church. and Not to escape society. But to escape the presence of God. And because of Jonah's decision to go against the will of God for his life, these mariners, these mariners are then faced with a decision as to whether or not they will keep Jonah in the boat and lose their life or if they'll throw him out of the boat to keep their life. Are you listening? I'm trying to tell you this morning. You know the answer. Ultimately at the end of the story they have no choice. They see that God will not let up. Listen to me now. Stay with me until the problem is cast out of the boat. Jonah's a preacher, yes. But in this case, when he's out of the will of God, he's a problem. Look up in there and listen. Well, I don't care if you're the greatest preacher or the greatest Christian in America. If you're not in the will of God and you're in a place you shouldn't be, doing things you shouldn't be, participating in things you shouldn't be, I don't care if you say you're a preacher. At that very point, you're a problem. You're a problem for yourself. You're a problem for those who are around you and the innocent bystanders that circle and surround your life will suffer the storms not because of them not because of their action not because God's mad at them but because you're a Jonah my friend may I say that God was bigger than Jonah's effort to run and God was bigger than the mariner's effort to rescue all men involved soon realized that God was too big for their best effort and when the Lord revealed that to me that's when he opened up my eyes and asked me this question Josh will you throw Jonah off the boat what would you do would you throw him off the boat may I say I believe we can all go back to a time in our lives where God has sent the storm on purpose now listen to me not every storm's a storm of God not every storm's a storm of wrath. 
Not every storm is a storm of chastisement. But hear me now. But some are. That's right. Some, I said some are. I just don't know why I'm going through this. Well, it might be because you've got some things in your boat that you've been needing to throw out for a long time. But you won't get rid of them. And by harboring those Jonas in your life, you are surrounding you and those around you with the wrath of God. May I remind you this morning that God does not want your life to be filled with despair and God don't want your life to be filled with disaster. God don't want your life to be a life of disappointment and destruction. God don't want your life to be uh, consistent of destitution and decline and damage and death. Uh, but can I tell you, I know somebody that does. Uh, uh, may I say the devil uh, will do his very best work uh, uh, to try to keep things in your life uh, uh, just so you'll have to go through the storm just so you'll have to be under the wrath the judgment and the chastisement of God that old devil will do everything he can to bring despair and disaster and disappointment and destruction and destitution decline to your life may I remind you he's still as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour just a reminder this morning hear me now don't go to bed on me the devil's still a deceiver the devil's a destroyer He's a liar. He's a conniver. He's a murderer. He's a cheater. He's a counterfeiter. May I say the devil wants you to harbor a Jonah. The devil wants you to hide a Jonah. The devil wants you to hold on to a Jonah. Nothing would please the devil more than to see you go down in the midst of a storm because you refuse to throw some things overboard. May I say I know it's Sunday morning on July the 4th and y'all wanted to feel good at Mexico but I'm trying to help you this morning I'm going to tell you listen now I don't give a rip what day of the week it is or what the holiday is the devil still wants your home the devil still wants your marriage the devil still wants your family the devil still wants your children the devil still wants your mind the devil still wants your motives the devil still wants your desires he still wants your testimony the devil wants your reputation the devil wants your service the devil wants your song. The devil wants your shout. The devil wants to take your purity. The devil wants to steal your innocence. The devil wants to corrupt your integrity. He wants to steal your attention. He wants to work on your emotions. He wants to rob you of joy. He wants to strip you of peace. He wants your temperance and he wants your money. The devil wants your talent. He wants your time. He wants your energy. He wants your eyes. He wants your ears. He wants your hands. The devil wants your feet. Can I say he wants your preacher? And the devil wants this church. But may I say it's time for somebody to stand up flat footed. Look the devil in his eyeball. Tell him go back to hell where he came from. And take a stand. And get some joy and some peace back in your life. Throw some stinking sin overboard. And get the storm off your life life so you can enjoy serving Jesus again. I'm looking at people today, if you'd be honest, there's some things you're packing around that's been hid somewhere in the bottom of your boat. Don't go to bed on me. Come on now, I'm talking about will you throw Jonah off the boat? Are you willing to lose your life spiritually and possibly physically? For that problem, 
that you've got? You will listen to me. You don't, you don't know what a Christian life lived in sin is. It's a dead, miserable life. You come in church, you can't enjoy church. You got sin in your life. You go out in the world, you can't enjoy the world even with sin because you're a child of God. You're miserable, my friend. Can I say that's exactly what's causing you to go through storms that would cease? You realize if you throw Jonah out, the storms would stop. That'll cause you to go through problems that could pass. That'll cause you to go through troubles that could be tamed. That'll cause you to go through destruction that would dissolve. That'll cause you to go through heartaches that will halt. That'll cause you to go through disappointments that would disappear and struggles that would stop and failures that would fade. All you've got to do is throw Jonah off the boat. You're putting yourself through torture when you're holding on to Jonah. May I say you cannot hide your sin from God. Somebody ought to just help me preach. Numbers 32, 23. But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you Psalms 38.3 There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. Neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. You'll know a restless individual. It's a sinful individual. There's no rest for those who are abiding in sin. Are you listening? Proverbs 14.34 We know this. Good for July the 4th. Righteousness. Uh, righteousness exalteth a nation. Uh, but sin is a reproach to any people. Isaiah 31, Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel but not of me, and the cover with a covering but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. Isaiah 59, Two, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid His face from you, that He will not hear. John 8, 34, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin, is the servant of sin. Romans 6.15 What then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law but grace God forbid. Romans 6.23 For the wage of sin is death. Galatians 6.7 and 8 Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. May I say James 1.15 Then when lust hath conceived it bringeth forth sin and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death James 4 17 therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin my friend I want to remind you that sin will create storms I realize that not all storms are because of sin but this one was may I say this morning there's been some times that you've had trouble come your way and it was simply because uh, you wouldn't throw your Jonah off the boat. Uh, so what are you going to do about it this morning? Will you throw him off the boat? Uh, or will you try uh, to survive on a boat that will break? Uh, may I say the only way for the storm to stop uh, was for Jonah to be thrown off the boat. Uh, it's time to quit lying to yourself uh, and get honest with you and God uh, and throw some things overboard. Uh, the reason you can't enjoy the Christian life uh, like you once did is 
is because you've not been willing to throw your Jonah off the boat. May I say as long as sin is in the ship, you can't enjoy life, you can't enjoy church, you can't enjoy the Bible, you can't enjoy prayer, you can't enjoy singing or worshiping or preaching, you can't enjoy anything in the Christian life when you're trying to survive the storm of sin. It must be throughout. May I say God wants you to enjoy all these things and much more. But hear me now. It's impossible for you to enjoy the Christian life with sin in the ship. You can claim that your life is a disaster because of this or that. But I'm trying to tell you if you're hiding a Jonah, your life's a disaster because you won't disregard and cast some things out and get rid of sin. My friend, if you'll confess it, God will forgive it. But until that time, you better get used to the storm. I don't care how many spiritual deeds you do. I don't care how many church services you attend. I don't care how many prayers you pray or how many offerings you give. Until you throw Jonah off the boat, the storm will not stop. My friend, I'm trying to tell you, you've got to throw Jonah overboard. These men had a decision to make. We know the end of it. They see when they threw him over, it was his God that was the right God. You remember what the fella said to him when he come got him out of the side of the ship from being asleep? He said, what are you doing, crazy? Come on up here. We're all fixing to die. And the Bible said, and they all begin to call on their gods, little G-gods. Then he looked at Jonah and he said, who's your God? What's your occupation? Jonah hangs his head. He said, I'm a King James Bible believing, as Brother Dex would say, a white horse riding, slobber slinging, glory filled, spirit filled, devil hating, hell stomping, hell raising, Holy Ghost, Bible, Baptist preacher. Premillennial, independent, fundamental, hallelujah, dispensational, rightly dividing the word of truth. Worshiping in spirit and truth. In other words, Jonah said, I ain't one of them contemporary girls. Help us somebody. Let me tell you what you got here. You got a man. I'm a man. Praise God for that. I identify as a man. Help me somebody. But not just a man. I want to be a man of God. I want to be a real, a real Holy Ghost preacher. Because that's what we're going to have to have. So you're going to throw Jonah off the boat. Let me give you a few things and we'll be done. First thing I want you to notice. I want you to see the deliberate rebellion. The the deliberate rebellion. Look at verse (coughs) 1. Excuse me. (coughs) Verse number 1. Jonah 1.1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. May I say Jonah knew without a shadow of a doubt that he had deliberately rebelled against, notice this, not just God. Here's where it starts. He disobeyed the Word of God. God spake to him. Do you see that? Verse number 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah 
saying. This is the word of God. Let me tell you how Jonah starts off getting in your uh, ship. Are you listening this morning? Uh, this is how Jonah will get in your ship if you're not careful. Uh, what you'll do is you'll hear preaching like you're hearing today and you'll go out and you'll deliberately disobey the word of God. You'll deliberately do what you know you're not supposed to do. You know you're not supposed to look at that and you'll look at it. You know you're not supposed to listen to that. And when you get in your car, you don't give a rip what the preacher says. You don't give a rip what the Bible says. Uh, that's all an opinion. That's all oh, that, 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 they make too much of that. Uh, but my friend, it's the Word of God. That's why I preach that y'all not. I'm just going to go ahead and sink the plow. Y'all not listen to anything but psalms, hymns and spiritual psalms singing and making melody unto yourself. He said, listen, he said, teaching and admonishing that songs teach and educate. I don't give a rigidly flip what your opinion is about it. My friend, as long as you're disobeying the Word of God, you've got a Jonah in your ship. The Bible still says that we should abstain from all appearance of evil. The Bible still says that you ought to cover your stinking flesh and cover your nakedness. The Bible says that you ought not drink. I don't believe in social drinking either. Somebody ought to say, man, well, it won't hurt just a glass of wine on Valentine's Day with the, with the wife. Hey, I ain't saying it'll send you to hell, but you hear me. It's wrong and wicked in hell. It's the devil's poison, and you better keep your lips off the bottle. You better keep your mouth away from things that are sin. You better keep your eyes beholding righteousness and goodly and godly things. You better protect your children. We better monitor our chips. We better monitor our children. We better watch what they're watching. And we better listen to what they're listening to. They're stinking perverts. There's devils, demonic devils that are living on that internet. But my friend, you'll send them off for hours and ain't got a blessed fired clue what they've been watching. You'll open your home up to the devil of hell if you're not careful. Quit rebelling against God's word. You'll get Jonah out of your boat. Is it that serious? You better know it is. You better know it is. How do I know if I got a Jonah on the boat? Well, I'm going to ask you a question. Have you been uh, rebelling against God's word? There's only one way Jonah got on the boat. He rebelled against the word of God. Huh? I, I, I preach. I, I mean, I appreciate your sermon and all, but I'm just not sure it applies to me. I don't. I don't think I've got any Jonas. All right. So if you were to all, if we were to all go and start our cars up and turn the radio up right where it was left off, what would it be playing? Right. Yeah. Somebody got some Jonas. Yeah. I can feel that, boys. I ain't preached on music in a while, and I believe I'm gonna have to. Yeah. Amen. I believe I'm going to have to. If we were to go and see your history, right. you say, I done deleted that. Yeah, that's what most, most Pharisee... Yeah. I got a whole lot of words I want to say. <laughs> you might have deleted it from your account, but God has it on His. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Yeah. 
Hey, you say, I ain't sure if I got a Jonah in my boat. Well, I'm going to ask you something. Now I ain't looked. If I were to go and look beside your name in the record keeping, in the money keeping books of tithes and offerings, uh oh, I feel that boy be stripping. Trying to wrap my neck up and kill me today. Y'all can resist it if you want. But if, by the way, I ain't going to go look, but God done has. Amen. Come on. Come on. Thank you, somebody. Well, I think I'm doing all right. I, I, I mean, pretty much, I read the Bible, pray, I go to church. I, I mean, I slip here and there, but I'm doing all right. Bless God Almighty. You've got Jonah in the boat. If you rebel against God's word and you're not being faithful to the things of God, and if you're not spending time in prayer daily, you've got a Jonah in the boat. If you're not spending time, I can feel I'm sinking her down, boys. I can feel it. If you're not reading your Bibles uh, faithfully, you've got a Jonah in the boat. Uh, if you're not watching at the right things and listening to the right things, listen here now, and wearing the right things, uh, you've got a Jonah in the boat. It's time for somebody uh, to get honest with themselves, uh, get honest with God, throw that stuff over at uh, the side of the ship so the storm can come off the top of your life. It may be a different sin for everybody. But one thing is for sure. Whatever sin it is, is deliberate when you know better. Hey, it may be different. It may be something you're watching, listening to, something you're doing, somewhere you're going. I don't know what your Jonah is, but but listen, you know what it is because you know better than to be hiding it. But you continue to hide it anyways. Let me tell you what our churches are full of. Even churches like this, they're full of Baptist Catholics. That's what you are. You come in every week, you confess the same sin over and over and over and over. You're treating God the Holy Ghost, God the Son of God, and God the Father like a pervert. When all you can do is confess it, and He said His marvelous, miraculous, wonderful, pure and innocent, holy, undefiled, incorruptible blood on a on a criminal's cross, just so you and I can have access to that throne. The only thing you do when you get in the throne room is lie to God. And telling you sorry for things you're not sorry. And telling you've repented when you've never repented. God's sick and tired of religion. He's looking for somebody to get sick of their sin. Throw it off the ship so they can survive the storm. You wonder why you can't scrape the clouds over your life. I've heard people say, there's a black cloud over me. You might have a Jonah on board. If you're saved, help me somebody. You'll never get out of the storm till you throw Jonah off the boat. If God said no, you said yes, you've got a Jonah. Are you listening? Your Jonah could be envy. Your Jonah could be jealousy. Your Jonah could be unforgiveness. Your Jonah could be attention seeking. 
Your, your Jonah could be robbing God. It could be bitterness. Your Jonah could be malice. I don't know what your Jonah is. But more than likely, whatever it is that you've been hiding down somewhere in the bottom of your ship, God, the Holy Ghost, has already highlighted it right now. You say, well, uh, preacher, you ain't mentioned my sin. I learned a long time ago, I don't have to mention it. If I just preach what he said, he'll mention it. I, listen, if all reason you come to the altar... It's because I preach you here. You ain't never going to change. But when you hear God's voice and God convicts you and God draws you and you mean business with God, you can throw some stuff off the ship. Number two. We see first of all deliberate rebellion, but then we see this. Deliberate rebellion will always lead to a declined residence. Did you hear me? Deliberate rebellion leads you to a declined residence. Look with me in verse 3. Verse 3, the Bible says, Jonah rose up to flee into Tarsus from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. Don't you understand something? Jonah arose to flee unto Tarsus. Then he went down to Joppa. Then he went down into the ship. May I say this? Listen to me. Sin will always bring you up at first. And then it takes you down. Y'all remember that first time you were in deliberate rebellion? You did something you knew you weren't supposed to do and you felt that small lift? Felt good. Sin takes you up, friend. But then the bottom falls out. And when you go down, you keep going down. And you keep going down. And somebody ought to help me. You keep going down. That's exactly how it starts. He starts by being deliberately rebellious and rising up against the Word of God. Then we find that he goes down, making him a self, a resident of decline. By the way, if you're living in rebellion against God, you You'd better get used to going down, friend. That's the only way you're headed is down, 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 down. I'm trying to save somebody's marriage. I'm trying to save you uh, from going through chastisement. I'm trying to keep somebody's children from going to a devil's hell. But until you realize uh, that this life you're living is taking you down and you've become a resident of your own sin, the storm will never cease. May I say when Jonah gets on board, he identifies himself as one of them. These mariners, mariners, don't think anything about Jonah. Now, think about this. Why is it when Jonah first gets on that he don't seem different or stand out? They're, they don't have a clue why this storm's hit. You know what it tells me? Jonah didn't seem to be any different than they were. What's he doing? He's, he's making himself, he's trying to become a resident. Blend. Well, you know why I preach so hard on this contemporary movement and all these bunch of, all these bunch of liberal churches and why, why do I preach? Because they're blenders. Listen, I know contemporary songs don't cuss. I know that most of them say God, which could be anything. Help me somebody. I know some of them even say Jesus and blood. Yeah. But you know what they've been designed to do? Just wrap your mind around this. I know, I know some of you listen to it. I know you do. 
But just because I know you do don't mean I'm going to quit preaching on it. Here's the problem with it. It's, it's a form of godliness. But it denies the power. Why? It's the music itself has been made to blend. It's got moral, sometimes even godly words. But the music and the and the have you ever noticed the atmosphere of these con- contemporary groups? Yeah. It's the same as the one down there at the bar on Saturday night. Because it's meant to blend. Why preach? I mean, do you really got to be so dogmatic about it? Yes, I do. And here's why: because if you're not careful, that will become just another form of entertainment. It won't be your praise, and it won't be your worship, and it won't be your 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 moment of exhortation. It'll just become another song and another dance and another this and another that. And you've opened the door to blending. And the next thing you know, at those atmospheres that once seemed so bad don't seem so bad and those songs that once seemed so bad don't seem so bad and before long if you're not careful if you let the devil in your life in one area of blending and compromise he will take another he don't quit for it how many of y'all know the old saying you give him an answer take a mile he'll take a hundred miles now you listen to it am I mad at you no no, I ain't mad at you. But I'm going to tell you what's right. Amen. Amen. Good day in my soul, brother Chris, and I figured out how to do that. And I figured just, everybody just ain't going to listen to everything I preach, even though it's the Bible. I can, I can prove it to you. I have a hundred times in Scripture. It ain't just words. Music alone matters. Anyways, run rabbits. Jonah was deliberately rebellious, and because of that, he became a resident of decline. He gets on board, he stands out, or he don't stand out, he blends. That's the problem with that movement. So they let him on. That's exactly how sin becomes a resident in your life. Listen, Jonah shows up one day and needs one ride. Would you agree? One day. And one ride to escape the presence of the Lord. That's all he needed. How many of y'all is here struggle with sin even today that started when you tried it one time? Come on, somebody. Don't please don't go to bed on me. All it takes, sir, is one click. One. All it takes is one sip. Young kids, listen to me. Teenagers, Erica, all y'all, even Wesley, Kyra, Madison, y'all listen to me now. You're saved. God saved you, is that right? You ain't going to hell? Is that right? You need all right. So if you're saved and God's spoke to you enough to save you, you need to listen to his word. Amen. Amen. When I'm preaching, you need to be listening. Amen. God good enough to save you, he can grow you. If you're old enough to understand salvation, you're old enough to listen to the scriptures. Come on, somebody, help me. I don't know where's the mentality we can let, turn our kids loose with an iPad, let them lay in a, in a pew all day, and everything's all right. That ain't, I ain't buying that. Amen. And I know, I, I ain't talking about three year olds. I'm talking about Elijah. He's got to be his son crazy than that. For now. But even, but even right now, he knows church is serious business. Right? Are you listening? Amen. 
These kids have had to sit eight hours in the schoolhouse all day and they can't get on their gadgets and gimmicks and fidgets and everything in the world. They listen to teach for eight hours, they listen to preach for three or four hours a week. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. You're not careful. Amen. You, hey, listen to me, kids. And by, by the way, preachers used to preach like this only to the teenagers, but it ain't that way no more. Amen. <laughs> Kids are, are experiencing things when they're in third, fourth, and fifth grade that I can go back. I've just been out of school for 10 years. It's amazing to me the things I can see that's already changed in just 10 years. Brody, you better watch yourself, man. I'm telling you. There's a devil out there who wants to mess you up. Right. He don't care if God is 13. He'll get him when he's 10. Amen. You better know he will. Amen. Kids nowadays are facing things that even I never had to face. What are going to do about this? You better keep bringing to the church that's going to preach it. Because yeah, listen, it ain't me that's going to make a difference. But you better know the power of the Word of God will not return void. And it'll get down in their hearts. And when you think, listen, they may sit there and they may seem like they don't want to be here. And they may seem like they're bored. And they may seem like they don't understand. But five years down the road, we never sin to hell and a hell and a demon by their way. They'll try to find them the path of the Word of God. Word can. Sin, listen to me, kids. It'll start off with just one try, one click, one taste, one outfit, one this, one that, one show, one song. Just one act of rebellion. But what you'll find is when you let sin in, it'll slip its shoes off. You open the door to sin, it'll slip its shoes off, sit in the chair at first. A month or two go by and you'll look over and see him have his shoes off and his legs propped up. And then another month or two go by and that sin, if it ain't dealt with him, I don't have his shoes off and his legs propped up, it'll be wearing your bathrobe. Then you'll look in the fridge and it'll be in there eating your, your food and drinking your drinks. Sin will make itself at home. And then before you know it, it's in the guest bedroom. And then before you know it, it's in your bedroom. Then before you know it, you're kicked out of bed because sin's ruling you. And it's wrecked somebody. Somebody don't go to heaven. You've been down that road. You know how it works. You know it takes one time. And then sin will come a resident. And then all of a sudden, we stopped you in charge. But sin is in charge of you. And you can't get rid of it. I want you to know that. I say a lot of things a lot of times. I know you, 
Why don't you take it right? I ain't against it. I'm not. No. Not against it at all. They helped very, very helpful. They said she went to one. Helped her. It's wonderful. But let me tell you something. What she said in that month we're not going to have ain't going to cut it. No. Right. For the rest of her life. Everybody here. Listen to me. You can turn over all kind of leaves as long as you want. But until something changes on the inside. Hey, when God the Holy Ghost moved in, the Bible said, Therefore, did sin no longer rule in your mortal body. When you get saved, you conquer sin because He conquered sin. And you can say no because you got the power of God. I want to tell you something. I ain't against in programs, but without uh, without Him, that uh, program ain't going to change no God. It's got to be God. He's the one that's got to grow on the inside so they can keep those steps they've taken in the right direction. So they can keep taking them over and over. They can't do it on their own right there. Hey, I don't care what nobody says. They cannot keep taking the right steps on their own. They've got to have a voice. They've got to have strength when them old friends come back. Yes, sir. Well, I'm in the Holy Ghost this morning. I am, son. I'm about to say something. Say it. When they come back, they will. You can't say no. You call me. And I mean that with every breath in my body. Yeah. Man. Yeah. They're coming. I look right in the eye. Yeah. You hear me? I look right in the eyeballs. I'll tell him about Jesus, but I'm going to say that ain't the same girl you do, sir. And that your old ways and all that ain't going to go on. I'm going to fight for you. I hope you'll fight yourself. I can't do it all, but I'm going to fight for you. This means a lot. This means a world, don't it, Amy? This means a lot, don't it, Bob, Virginia? I mean, don't you think, listen, we're shouting victory this morning. But you better know, thank God, you better know that hell's not happy. And they're going to come back. The devil's not done fighting. But thank God, something changed on the inside. Try to do this on your own all this time. You've got God and you got a church family. And they try to tell you that you ain't got nobody. You say, bless God, show up, still want to make the church at 11 o'clock on Sunday. Hey! Separate from the babies. 
Sin that keeps mamas from being a real mother and fathers from being a real father. Let's look up in here, kids, and listen to me. I'll stand some of those kids all over this church having the, the, the real mama and the real daddy and never being what they ought to be. Some of them may even never been a part of their lives. I want to tell you something. The devil's going to lie to you. He's going to tell you you're not important. And that your own parents didn't love you. Your own parents didn't want you. That's not so. I hear me. There's a wicked, demonic, hell sick devil that twisted their mind and stung their hearts. Your, 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 your enemy's not your mother or your father. Your enemy's the devil. And even if your mother and your father have forsaken you and they don't love you, I've got news for you. There is a God in heaven that will love you better than they ever do. Memories. 
direct rebellion, deliberate rebellion. Then we see the decline residence. <clears throat> Thirdly, I want you to see the desolation of relaxation. Look at verse 4. I'm hurrying. Verse 4. The Lord said,